بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الکریم اما بار الحمد للہ this. And our beloved messenger mentioned that Ibn Umi Abd would have been one of them. But there's another report. In Qurtubi in his Tafsir, volume 5, page 158 of the New English Translation, Hafiz Abu Layth al-Samarqandi, rahmatullah alayhi, he said, The speakers were Ammar ibn Yasir, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Thabit ibn Qais, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. They said, to a Jew who was boasting about his forefathers having killed themselves following the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had commanded us to kill ourselves or leave our homes, we would have done it. The Prophet upon hearing this sallallahu alayhi wa said, Iman is stronger in some men of my ummah than even firm mountains. <laughs> So here another context is added. Three companions, they responded to a Jew. So what was the Jew boasting about? The Jew, the Jew was boasting about the fight that his fathers had killed. They killed each other. So what was that in reference to? Is it when they ate that coffee? Good. They worshipped the coffee. مسعود <laughs> If Allah Ta'ala commanded us to kill ourselves or even do a hijrah, we would have done it. <laughs> the Prophet ﷺ said, Iman is stronger in some men of my ummah than even firm mountains. So these three, the Prophet vetted. ﷺ. So one was, of course, Ibn Mas'ud. The other two, Ammar ibn Yasir and Thabit ibn Qais. Abu Bakr Siddiq had taken it one step further. For this most exalted soul had gone as far as to say, if it were written for us, I would begin with myself and then the people of my house. This is recorded in Qurtubi in his Tafsir, volume 5, page 158 of the New English Translation. So Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu, he said, I'll kill myself, but I'll take out my family as well. So he took it to another level. Allah Ta'ala only said, kill yourself. Because if it was prescribed, I would have killed my family and myself for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam Qurtubi, he made a touching point here. This is in his Tafsir, volume 5, page 158 to 159 of the New English Translation. 
he subhanahu wa ta'ala did not prescribe it for us out of compassion for us so that our disobedience is not publicly displayed for how many a command do we fall short of whilst it is easy so how much more would that be the case with this matter when it is so difficult but by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the muhajirun left their homes empty and went out to seek a life pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah so Imam Kurtubi explained he goes why did not Allah ta'ala prescribe it then he goes out of compassion he knew that you're weak la yukallifullahu nafsan illa wasaha Allah ta'ala does not charge a soul more than it can bear then he said there's easy commands we don't do Imagine, you know, people aren't praying. Forget about killing yourself. Brother, you give your zakat. So obviously, Imam Qurtubi said, there's things that are easy, we fall short. So obviously, this is something else. But then he said, by way of praise, the Muhajirun left their homes. And who are the Muhajirun? That actually means those who've emigrated. Why is Allah Ta'ala given them that title? You know, think about that. They you know, weren't these great worshippers in other sense. But why is he called the Muhajirun? Because that's an immense thing to do. That you leave your home and your wealth and everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To mention one, Suhaib al-Rumi. Suhaib al-Rumi left everything. He even told the people who were pursuing him, I will tell you where my wealth is. Just let me go. And he told them and they let him go. So he came to Al-Madina with the shirt on his back. Nothing else. And the Prophet said, a profitable deal, O Abu Yahya. <laughs> Meaning you did a very good deal. <laughs> now think about that. In worldly sense, he's got nothing. I've lost my home, my wealth, my livelihood. I've got nothing except the share of my back. And what did the Prophet say? Excellent bargain. <laughs> so that's Iman. So what did the Prophet say? Some people in my ummah, Iman is stronger than even firm mountains. Who was one of those illustrious souls? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with all of these truly mighty souls and forgive us all for their honorable sake. Amen. Thus, even in this area, there was nothing really to prove in the case of the noble Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And as a report, martyrdom was something that the companions aspired for. And here's a proof. So there's a hadith. The hadith is in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabaqat, Hayat al-Sahab. Uthman ibn Maz'un, who I mentioned yesterday, the great ascetic, radiyallahu he was not martyred. So Umar, radiyallahu he said, his status in my sight dropped. He goes, all of that piety, because he wasn't martyred. Then he said, but when Rasulullah passed away, he goes, I got rid of that thought. Why? Because the Prophet wasn't martyred on the battlefield. And he goes, when Abu Bakr passed away, he goes, he goes, then he goes, his station was once again restored. So what does that tell you about Umar? They believe that. If you're not martyred, what eh? He goes, you know, you're saying you're this, you're that. So if we haven't even got the opportunity to do jihad, how are we going to get martyred? Unless we get the other conditions, you know, you, the other categories, but that is not the rank on the battlefield. Why? Whereas the proof is not the same. Because if you die on the battlefield, there's no janazah for you. There's no ghusl for you. Just bury him. So yeah, you can die in your bed, you're a martyr, but full ghusl, everything has to be done for you. 
a woman dies in childbirth, she is martyr, but you still have to do full ghusl and janazah. It just means you're with them. But to be them is something else. So note here, Ibn Masood has nothing to prove. Allah Ta'ala himself said he would have given his life voluntarily if I had given the command. So let's now turn to a dhikr, you know, his verbal dhikr. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who also loved to utter the priceless dhikr of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He himself once said, rather than providing thoroughbred horses for jihad from morning to evening, I prefer engaging in dhikrullah from morning to evening. Subhanallah. This is in Tabarani. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 10, page 75. He comments upon the chain of narrators. Ayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 49 of the New English Translation. So imagine, you know, let's put it bluntly. If somebody is giving horse after horse from Fajr till Maghrib as, uh, as a gift to a Mujahid, what would you say? By the time Maghrib, Azan kicks in. They're going to say, subhanAllah, this person, first of all, how much has he given? You know, he's given millions. And second, you're thinking, look, he's invested in an immense place. He's given it to a mujahid. The mujahid is going to use the horse. Rightly so. You go on with the places. Then you see another person. He's doing zikr from Fajr to Maghrib. Now what do you say? And you've got to be honest. You'll say, mashallah. Then you go, mashallah. So why did you go overboard with the first? And just say, mashallah for the second. He goes, you can't compare. And the response is, yes, you can't. But you've got the dial in the wrong place. Ibn Masood said, I would rather engage in dhikr from morning to evening than to provide horses for jihad morning to evening. So he was highlighting something here. He goes, just because something's difficult doesn't mean it's more rewarding. A lot of people got that mindset. It's true. You know, physically it's more difficult to power with your heart and well, dhikr is easy. But does that mean that it's less rewarding? So again, it's knowledge. And he's highlighting this is how important dhikr is. Similarly, the great Ibn Mas'ud said, For me to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a certain number of times is more beloved to me than if I spend the same amount in dinars, in battle, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is in Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al Musannaf, number 29,422, 29,424, 35,027, 35,032. Hafiz Ibn Qayyim in his Al Wabil, Al Sayyim, page 181 of the New English translation. So now he's highlighting again the same principle. So you say, Alhamdulillah, 15 minutes. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Ibn Masood said, That is more beloved to me than giving gold coins. In jihad for 15 minutes. <laughs> so how much can you give in 15 minutes? I don't even know. It depends what you're giving. You know, if you're giving a pound and in 15 minutes, how many pounds have you given? He goes, zikr for the same number of time is greater, is more beloved to me. So he goes, spending in the path of Allah does not equate to zikr. Think about that. There is no greater place for you to spend in the path of Allah. Yeah. Can you think of anywhere else where you get a greater return than in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes, dhikr. Dhikr is great. So note, because it's easy, people devalue it. They go, this is easy. Everybody can do it. Well, I'm not bothered about everybody. Do you do it? And Ibn Masood was highlighting this, radiyallahu. Clarifying further, 
In Ibn Abi Shayba, it is Al-Musannaf, number 29,421 to 2, 35,027, 35,029. <laughs> Hafiz Ibn Qayyim, it is Al-Wabil Al-Sayyid, page 1 in one of the New English Translation. Abdullah Ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhuma. He once sat with Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud. And Ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu anhu, said to him, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar are all more beloved to me than spending the same amount of dinars for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in battle. Abdullah ibn Umar responded, for me to set out on a path saying these words is more beloved to me than if I gave the same amount in a number of mounts in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. So look at these two great companions, the two great Abdullahs, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and Abdullah ibn Umar. What were they talking about? Premiership, right? This is what their conversations were about. They were talking about the important things, zikr. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, we call it the third kalima, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. All of that is more beloved to me than spending the same amount of dinars for the sake of Allah in battle. Ibn Umar said, for me to say these words is more beloved to me than if I gave the same amount in a number of months in the path of Allah. So let's put it simply. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, for instance, to utter Alhamdulillah 100 times, despite its ease, would still be more beloved to him than contributing the awesome amount of 100 dinars, gold coins, or 100 Toda bred horses towards a campaign in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. So imagine on the day of judgment, you see a person, he's given one horse in the path of Allah. Don't you get envious? You think, oh, I didn't get opportunity for that. Because you understand what he's done. You, you know, you got some sort of idea. He sacrificed that he's given in the path of Allah. Allahu Akbar. What's he going to get for that? Ibn Masood said, Allah, one Alhamdulillah is more beloved than one dinar that you spend in the path of Allah or one horse that you've given in the path of Allah. What is one horse worth just in financial terms? You don't want to give a smashed up horse for the person of jihad. You want to give him a decent horse? I don't know what the, uh, what the going rate is, but let's say a couple of thousand pounds. One Alhamdulillah is greater than 10,000 pounds, so let's say. How easy is that? And this is why zikr is the maqsad. The, the whole point of your worship is to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those consider his son, Abu Ubaidah's words, when he said about his father. It was difficult for my father, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu, to say anything that was not from the zikr of Allah. Because he just did zikr. It's the only thing that came out of my father's mouth was zikr. Very difficult for him to say anything else. This is in Tabalani in his Kabir, al hatami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 2, page 219, comments upon the chair of narrators, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 49 of the New English Translation. This is the tragedy. We find that statement strange. You've got to be honest. One thing went through my mind straight away, how does he function? Now, why am I thinking like that? Because we don't do zikr. We're the opposite. If somebody goes, is this normal for you, brother? Talk crap, but you do zikr every now and again. Yeah. 
That's me, you've described me. That's normal. What was the normal for the Sahaba? Zikr, and very rarely come out with something like Fazul. So what's that telling you? Everything's topsy-turvy. And what made me laugh was, does he need it? <laughs> you know, it's like, the ones who need it, we're the ones who are, you know, we need the deeds. It's like, why are you, you know, why are you destroying us in every department? Because these are the standard bearers. These are the students of the Prophet Think about that. You know, which person can you honestly say, he's always Quran, Sunnah and Zikr. Very rarely he talks about anything else. I can't think of anybody. Imagine a society where you say, everybody's like that. What impact would those people have amongst others? They would think, well, who are these? <laughs> what, what state are these people in? It was subhanAllah. For who but a madman would not want to accumulate such a priceless treasure and so easily? Because once you know the value, what are you going to do? You're going to waste time. Another report, in Ibn Abi Shayba, Ibn Abi Hatim and others, Abu Wa'il radiallahu he said, I have not seen Abdullah ibn Mas'ud sitting for any invite, any circumcision or funeral or any other occasion except he would praise and glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send salat upon the Prophet and recite some other du'as. If he had to go to the marketplace, he would proceed to the section where people were most heedless, sit down there, Praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send salat upon the Prophet and recite some du'as. So now what is somebody else mentioning about this great companion? He goes, when he would be invited, now why did he mention invite? Because that's when your guard's done. When you get invited, usually a person eats more, pokes more. So I get the impression somebody must have asked him. So he said, he went for an invite, circumcision, funeral. He goes, he's just doing zikr, doing the Lud Sharif, making du'as. And then he goes, now look at the second part. This is fascinating. If he had to go to the market, he'd go to the section where the people were the most heedless. So he'd go to the area where the people are the least remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he'd sit there, he would do zikr, send the Lud, and make du'a. Why would he go there? There's a reason. Our beloved Messenger وسلم, he said, the dearest action to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is subhatul hadith. This refers to a person who remains engaged in tasbih whilst the gathering of people he finds himself with is engaged in their idle talks. This is in Tabarani, Tarheeb 2-533. So what did the Prophet Sallallahu say? So the Prophet Sallallahu he said, what did he say? <laughs> so he go to a place where people weren't doing dhikr. The reason is because the Prophet Sallallahu said that this is the most beloved deed to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Subhatul Hadith, that's the words he used. He explained, this is where the person starts saying Subhanallah, where there are people who are engaged in Fuzul. 
Look how interesting that is. You go to the stock market, that's a golden goose place for you. Hey, golden goose, what are you talking about? Go there, do zikr. Why is it a golden goose? I don't think they remember it. That's what I All you hear is that. I think, okay. Right? Just do your zikr. That's the most beloved deed. Allah loves that too much. So what did Ibrahim Masood do? Just hear the hadith like me and you. Subhanallah. Right? Oh, mashallah. We got over that, brother. Are you going to do it? Well, that's something else. But there you go. Subhanallah. So Ibrahim Masood, because he looked for those places. Now, what's interesting, he looked for it. Why? Because the markets were doing zikr. Now you don't have to look for it. You just go to market, brother. Where? Anywhere. Right? They're all of the heads. <laughs> go to the Muslim section. They're the worst of worst. Why? Because they're deceiving people. Right? So we don't even have to look. He had to actually look for the place. Maybe the Christian section. Right? Why? Because this is the most beloved words to Allah. Subhanahu. He loves that. Our beloved messenger also said about this deed. Said Allah, they said, in Tabulani Bazar Targhib 2 The example of the one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in places where people tend to be unmindful of him is just like a person who advances in the battlefield whilst everybody is fleeing. So imagine. I don't know how it works, but you 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 got you, you got an aerial view of jihad. You see the Muslims fleeing stuff for the Lord. Imagine Romans, you know, Christians, whatever, you know, they, they, everybody's legging it. But then you see one man going forward. What would you say from the aerial view? You say, Subhanallah. Right? Why? Why are you saying Subhanallah from the. Because look at him. Because he's going to a certain martyrdom. Everybody's legging it. Why isn't he going? MashaAllah, brother. Then you go right, take the helicopter to the market now. Right? <laughs> Goes to market. And you see a person there doing zikr. What about him? We're talking about that person there with swat on. You know, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's doing zikr. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Is that it? And he goes, What do you want me to say? He goes, The Prophet said, He is just like a person who advances in battle whilst everybody is fleeing. Ibn Masood was a fakir. He go to the we go to market to buy potatoes. <laughs> you gonna be honest, didn't he? Right? When you go to uh, thinking for where you going to Tesco's for? Get yeah, shopping. <laughs> Another person goes, What are you going for, brother? Oh, you know, Mrs. wants uh, some flour and that. Which one goes, What are you going for? Some zikr? I'm gonna go on battlefield, wanna be charging in while everybody's fleeing. He goes, What are you on about, brother? If you had someone to drink, what were you talking about? I'm not, I have nothing to drink, brother. I'm just wanna get something that you don't you are oblivious to. I want to be doing Subhatul Hadith. Abdullah ibn Umar, there's a hadith, quite humorous. There was a companion called Obey ibn Qa'ab. So who, who knows who Obey ibn Qa'ab is? Anybody know anything about him? He used to be a Christian. That's the worthy attempt. Obey ibn Qa'ab was Sayyid al-Qur'ah. He was the chief, the most beautiful reciter, the chief reciter. The Prophet said that Allah has told me to recite Surah Bayyana to you. This is in Bukhari Sharif. So he's very dear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had a son called Tufail. So we're not talking about Ubay. He had a son called Tufail. He was a Sahaba as well. He was a young Sahaba. So this 
young sahaba tofil ibn ubay ibn qaf he would stick with abdullah ibn umr senior sahaba but abdullah ibn umr <laughs> he just drag him to the market so he go with him you know respectfully and then you just sit there in the market wouldn't buy anything start doing zikr and give salam assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam so this happened on you know for i don't know how long eventually tofail ibn ubay radiyallahu anhu he goes why do you come to the market you don't even buy anything tofail was a big man and he had a bit of timber on him so abdullah ibn umar said to him oh abu batan oh father of the stomach he goes i've come here to give salam Now what was he really saying? What he was telling the young sahaba was, "Do you think I'm doing something for you? I'm coming to a place where I'm smashing into the enemy ranks. Everybody's fleeing. I'm coming to a place where Allah Taala loves him too much to remember him. He goes, 'I've come here to give salam.' Right? So note the sahaba. This was the sunnah of the sahaba. So this is why some of the ulama say, when you go into these markets, it doesn't just mean fish market. It means anywhere where there's business transactions." So it could be a supermarket, it could be you know the fish market, it could be sheep market, it could be you know what do you call it Sunday market. It could market. It doesn't have to be what you know, somebody who is a market brother. He could put the white tan and make it distinctive to something that you can't do. You know even some of the market shops, shops are markets. Go in there. They might say, "Oh, you're not buying anything, man." <laughs> Because oh, <laughs> next minute, boo you are. So there's another report. If this was not all, there's another report. In Razin and Mishkat, our beloved Messenger said, "Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he who remembers Allah Subhanahu wa Taala amongst the heedless is like a lamp in a dark house. He who remembers Allah Subhanahu wa Taala amongst the heedless is then shown by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala during his lifetime, his place in paradise. He who remembers Allah Subhanahu wa Taala amongst the heedless." is then forgiven as many sins as the number of humans and animals subhanallah what was the prophet now saying said allah alayhi wasallam he said four atom bombs you remember your lord where people are heedless it's like a lamp in a dark house so imagine going into a completely dark and house you can't see anything you're the lantern that's very interesting analogy why because through you everybody sees that's what it means But how is that linked to the one doing zikr? Because he's brought people to life. He's, you know, you're all dead. He's alive. Secondly, you are shown your place in paradise when you are alive. How is that happening? Before you die, maybe in a dream, you see paradise. Allah Taala loves that deed so much. Imagine seeing paradise. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that. Inshallah, right? Before you die, Allah Taala promises to show you paradise. Thirdly. You are forgiven how many sins? <laughs> as many as humans and animals. Six billion, seven billion. I don't know what the latest count is. Animals, forget it. <laughs> you get all of those sins forgiven when you remember Allah Taala, where people are heedless. <laughs> so what does that tell you about these very auspicious places, and specifically about markets? Our beloved Messenger said, "Sir Allah Alayhi Sallam, in Tarheeb two dash five three two." The one who remembers Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in marketplaces will be granted nur 
for every hair of his body on the day of resurrection. Subhanallah. The one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the marketplaces will then be granted nur for every hair of his body on the day of resurrection. So now, if you think about it, one of these virtues is enough. Not just one, not just two, not just three, half a dozen virtues, each like atom bombs. So go back, what did they say about Ibn Masood? Because he would go to these places where people were heedless. He would sit and he would remember his Lord, send Salat upon the Prophet and he would make dua. It was difficult for him to do anything else. So now what did we learn about Ibn Masood? What you say, he was a great worshiper, mashallah brother. Thank you for your empty statement. Give me some meat. I want to know about his worship. Right? And somebody goes, what, what do you want me to tell you? He was solid. I don't know what, brother, text. And when you start going through the report, you're thinking, he was on it like a bonnet. You know, he wasn't interested in all these fuzul things that we're interested in. Imagine all the rubbish that we're interested in. What a waste of time. Time's up. I'm on phone, you know, they go, you know, on phone. What was that statistic? Some of the youngsters spend three days on the phone a week. 72 hours. They've lost three days of their life every week. Time's up. We're not much better. You know, the adults, and what's interesting, those who are professionals spend less time on it. Why? Because they've got better things to do. It's those who haven't got time. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's what he mentions, not hadith. But it seems to be a true statement. So note, we were created to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Next time you go to the market, and to finish, what's the very famous report? What zikr should we do in marketplaces? Fourthly, the hadith says in Tirmidhi authentic, the Prophet وسلم, he said, that whoever says in the marketplace, La ilaha illallah wahduhu la sharika lahu, lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin kadir. He gets one million good deeds, one million sins forgiven, and one million ranks elevated. <laughs> and one report says he gets a palace in paradise. When I first heard that report, I thought it was a fabrication because this is too much. What's the key point? Marketplace. People aren't remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what's Allah ta'ala giving? He's throwing the kitchen sink at you. Here, have this. And that doesn't just mean once. <laughs> you don't just go to the market to say once. Why do you think shaitan has put music in marketplaces? So you forget. As soon as you walk in, your favorite tracks on. Why? Shaitan goes, listen to the track, dance to it with the trolley. <laughs> right? Do that moonwalk with it. Mashallah. Right? Stop buzzing. Forget it, do your zikr. This is the place to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all I mentioned today was now talking specifically about some of his verbal zikr. And in this area, he's left a standing as well. The great Ibn Mas'ud. So note, he was a carbon copy of our beloved messenger. Are there any questions? سبحان الله بحمده سبحان الله وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك اغفر لي ذنوبي سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل ان الانسان في خسر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات والوصف الحق والوصف الصبر صلى الله عليه وسلم